0: Welcome to Gaia's Consciousness Podcast, expanding your mind and spirit. Learn even more at Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Your journey begins here. How do we create a reality? What are the tools? It's your words. Your vocabulary, the way you see things, the way you construct something. Every single word contains a universe, but I recognize that some people's vocabulary lacked words powerful enough to help them heal. We've talked a lot about power in this series, and there's a reason for that, because everything in life is on a power calculus, whether it's physical power or emotional power, sexual power or spiritual power or creative power, and it doesn't matter. We want to know, will this empower me or will this situation disempower me? Will this conversation empower me? Everything you do, whether you're conscious about it or not, is calculated by a power factor. Inevitably, the answer comes down to the words that were spoken to you. It's the power of your words. You listen to what someone will say to you, or how you're going to phrase something, what the tone of the words they use. Everything is done according to words. As a wordsmith and a writer of dozens of articles and books, I've always paid attention to words. I love words. Honestly, I used to sleep, in fact, I still do, with a dictionary on my nightstand, and I would read words, and sometimes I'd think to myself, this new word, and I can't wait to use this new word. It's a a word I never heard before, and how that word would change my world. And this love of words was probably one of the greatest assets in healing because I listened to what and how people phrase their universe, how they explain themselves with the words they use. And I realized into my work that a healing vocabulary is actually a requirement for healing. That is how we think, how you construct a thought, what we tell ourselves, what we believe, the thoughts we dwell in can be deal breakers. And and what seems extraordinary to me is the fact that many people lack a healing vocabulary. I mean, while they may, for example, uh, speak about the need to forgive, they use the language of anger or of retaliating to hurt the people they, uh, they resent. And in the process they hurt themselves they continually choose words that aren't problem solving words people will use phrases such as i don't deserve this or i've always been a good person how did this happen to me or this is not my fault i blame my divorce for this illness so intensely negative are the words they use that they serve only to reinforce their illness and all the while they think they're healing But healing requires a positive vocabulary that helps you to reframe even the most frightening circumstances that you might find yourself in consider this we give our word or we break our word and either way shatters or creates an entirely different universe so let's talk about the power of your words and i'm not sure how many people actually ever pause To think about what's the power of the word that I'm using, but I'd like I'm going to share a story because I love this story. These are the stories that have shaped my world. And one day I was at a dinner party with um, in England with very dear friends of mine, and they had a guest named Sister Jolenta. She changed my life, and she was talking about an email that she got from a bishop. How have times changed about nuns getting emails from bishops and that alone was fun she said she got this email and she had to respond and he was getting impatient with her because she wasn't responding fast enough and so she sent him an email and as she was telling the story to us she said well you know i thought to myself he had all this time to reflect on the words that he put down to me And I was thinking to myself, he's not given me enough time to reflect on the words I wanted to send to him. And then she said to us, and you know, I had to take into consideration how the words I would use would impact all the people I was responsible for. She was going to reflect on how every word she had to choose was going to impact the lives of everyone she was responsible for. So every word was a universe for her. That conversation that night was one of the richest ones I'd ever had in my life. So rich that I took the word reflection, a word that I knew I had not used much in my world. And I decided right then it would become a pivotal word in my life. And I named my online class Reflections in her honor because I realized I did not spend time in reflection. If you take that one word out of your life that you do not reflect on the quality of the words that you use, the quality of the actions in your life, If that one word is missing, consider the shape of your inner life, because that one word is not there. How powerful that one word is. How powerful every word is. Think of the book of Genesis. In the beginning was the word. So what does it mean to give your word to someone? How much of the scar tissue you carry or how much of the resentment you carry is because of a word someone used that you feel you can't get over. Now, in my history with healing, in my history with people, in workshops, for example, or in dealing with illness or in dealing with emotional trauma, The source of the trauma often comes down to what was said to someone. I was told when I was younger that I would never amount to anything or that I was a horrible person. A handful of words had the power to traumatize someone for the rest of their life. Or conversely, the words that were never said to somebody. I was never told that I was loved enough, words that were missing in your life. How is it that we even know each other except through the words that we exchange with each other and what it means to give our word to each other? There was a time in our society when giving your word to someone was enough to seal a contract, but I gave them my word. A word was enough to seal a bond, a partnership for the rest of your life. Now, today we need lawyers, we need contracts, we need signatures, we need all of this because we don't think of our word as having that kind of clout, but we should. And you know, you know why we should? This is the irony, this is the paradox of it. Just when we are beginning to, beginning to realize The thoughts create form. The thoughts create our health. The thoughts create our world. This is when, in fact, we should absolutely look at the power that that every word has that we say to each other. What words wander on their own through your mind and heart? What words just? just kind of carry on in their own way and then talk to you on their own all day long and set up your reality for you. What words have authority over you that actually shouldn't have any authority over you at all? Things like this. I'm just no good at this. I'm just no good at this. This is, um, I will fail at this. I can't try. These are words that talk to you. They have no validity, none whatsoever. But they stop you from becoming everything you could possibly be. Here's another thing. Here's, this is something I figured out, and it's the truth. The more powerless a person is, the more they're going to shrink their world down to the smallest word, the word no. Watch how this works. When a person's world becomes powerless on the outside, that person will refer to the only power they have on the inside, which is the power to say no. And you'll say, do you want to do this? No. Do you want to try this? No. Would you want to go here? No. So they'll cling to the one word they know has power, the power to control options the power to stop their world that's how powerful the word no is instead of the word that has the authority to keep their world moving which is yes do you want to go here yes let's try that do you want to try this yes that sounds great well how about if we do the yes that sounds wonderful Well, does this sound like a good idea? Absolutely, yes, let's give that a try. That's how powerful the word yes is. But when you feel powerless, you're gonna go to the tiniest word that stops everything from flowing in your life. This is how powerful the tiniest words are. What words do you have to constantly remind yourself of the words that other people have said to you? Now, that's a great, big, huge question, because you can either remind yourself of positive words people have said that inspire you, or words that deplete you. When I was in high school, I had a bit of an attitude, (laughs) and I know that's hard to imagine, but I did, and I thought that when you're inspired, you don't have to be educated. That inspiration was its own education. And um, I soon learned that that wasn't the case. And this one wonderful nun said to me, come here, Missy. She said, "Um, here's your paper. And I got a very bad grade. We don't have to go into that. But what she did say was, listen here, if you want to be a writer, You have to learn the laws of English so that you can break them like a master. None of this stuff again. Those words were the greatest greatest wisdom, and I reminded myself of them again and again and again and again. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today, they still seem to hold back on these incredible stories? Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com, content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Other people remind themselves of words people said to them that hurt them. As I was in healing... And I'd listen to people remind me of their wounds. I would think, why do you keep reminding yourself of that? Why do you keep playing that over and over and over again? And I've said to, to people so many times, if you could see those people again, and you would say, have the opportunity to say to them, you said this to me. You said to me, it would never be worthwhile. Would that satisfy you to take those words and give them back to them? What do you think would happen? Well, I I would feel satisfied, would you? What if what really would happen is they would say to you, I don't remember saying that to you. I don't remember those words. You remember them, but I don't. And that's the truth. So let's talk about something. Let's move to this. What's the most liberating word that you could actually get the meaning of? And that's the word humble. So I'm going to just pause here. And we're going to go inside the word humble and all that's connected to that word, which is humiliating and humbleness, the whole family of that word. Because here's what's true the word humiliating is a word that I already know is in your head I already know that and this is how it talks it says you can't do that because you're going to be humiliated or it speaks like this it says what will they say and that that word has clout or it speaks to you like this it creates fantasies for you and one of the fantasies that it creates is that You imagine that your purpose in life is to be something great, big, huge, and glamorous and wonderful. Your purpose in life, mind you, is to be all of this so that you could go over to someone who humiliated you way back when and say, see how important I am. That's what that one word, that one word carries that big a universe in it. When I was writing about this in Entering the Castle, I looked up the word humiliation, humble. And you know what? The Oxford English Dictionary lists humble as being poor, to be poor. And that is not true at all. If I could give you one word to empower you for the rest of your life, I would say here's the word humble be humble nothing is as powerful as understanding the meaning of humble if you could pour that word into you drench yourself in the meaning of what it is to walk this world with humbleness to humble up as my motto picture yourself this way that all the words that people say to you that you fear like you'll never be good enough for, they're better than you, no longer have clout over you. Because that that feeling of pride or hubris would evaporate. Because you would begin to feel a power in yourself that says, I don't need their approval. Why? What's wrong with me? Why would I need their approval? That world is not better than me. Humbleness is not about poverty. It's about freedom. With a motto like humble up, let's talk about words you should ban and never ever use again. The word deserve. If I was your spiritual director and you were sitting across from me, I would say now exactly what do you think you deserve? And where do you get off with the idea that you deserve anything? Is it because of where you were born or because of your height? Or where does that come from? And what you'd say to me is because you've suffered. You've worked so hard. You this or that. You'd You'd come up with some excuse, all of which I would counteract. Deserve indulges your worst entitlements. That one word gives you permission to pick up a drink, to overspend, or to overeat, for example. Deserve is a word that gets you in trouble. Take it out of your vocabulary. Try, just do it for a week and watch what happens. Blame. Blame is another word. Blame is a punitive word where you want to discount your own responsibility. You can't use the word blame. And here's another word. Now, this one's not going to go over big, but it's the truth. Entitled. You aren't entitled to anything. <laughs> um, that word is a rough one. And I don't mean it politically, by the way. I mean, nobody is born entitled. None of us. Now my favorite saint, Teresa of Avila, who I adore, she used to say to her nuns, you're not entitled to anything at all and I don't want to see it in your face. And then she would follow it with this. Everything wonderful that happens to you. All the good things in your life you did not make happen to you. You're not entitled to them. They are given to you. And that's called blessing. Think about someone who absolutely loves you. And in fact, one day, when they're not looking at you, go look at them and imagine that this is what they're thinking. They're thinking that their life is so much better because you're in it, because you're in it. And that if something happened to you, they would mourn deeply. And their whole world would change because you're not in it. Now, you're not entitled to that kind of love. But nonetheless, it happened to you. Somehow, you found somebody who loves you that much and thinks, my world would be so empty. And that person could be your partner, your lover, your your husband, your wife even your children, your friends. You can't make that kind of love happen. You do not have that kind of, and here's the operative word, power. You just don't have it, but it happened. So take the word entitled out and put the word blessing in and look at all of these wondrous things that happen to you and think, I am seriously blessed. That's a word you can use. And don't crave false praise or endless attention, for example. You will end up compromising yourself. You will negotiate some part of your soul to get something that is not worth anything, perhaps a glance from a stranger, only to realize you've given up something so precious of yourself for the illusion of a second's worth of meaningless attention. Here's another word you're going to take out. Judge. Don't judge things, including yourself. Including yourself. How do you know what's good or bad? How do you know when something happens to you, if it's a disaster or an opportunity? I won't bother sharing those many, many stories that say, you know, this is a disaster, or this is good, or this is bad. There's so many. But you know, if you judge everything by whether it's pain or pleasure, you're going to end up down the wrong street. Here's the word that you're going to use, wisdom. I need some serious wisdom here. And wisdom tells me to back off and to not get attached to what's happening here. And to say, how is it that I should respond in this moment? And watch my words. Watch how I frame this. Do I tell myself this is a disaster? Or do I say, be centered, be still, and trust what's happening, and work my way through it with courage. Here's a word you need, courage. Be centered. Make sure you reflect on what is happening in that moment. Here's the truth. We're terrified to become conscious. We really are. We're terrified because the more conscious we become, We have to become very mindful of the words we use. We have to become incredibly mindful. And one of the things we become mindful of is we become more conscious, is that we have to redefine our responsibilities to the whole of humanity. We have to really get, we're not isolated creatures. We have responsibilities to the whole. What is in one is in the whole. I belong to everybody and everybody belongs to me, that in fact what I say matters to everybody. And you know what? We actually don't want these things to be true. Holism is great on paper, but we, it takes a great deal to live holism. It takes a great deal. So what words empower us? What words? These are the big leaguers. I talked about humble, but here are some others. Mercy. Mercy's a powerhouse. Compassion. Detachment. Stay detached, like I said. Hold yourself detached before you respond to something. And and then consciously reflect and say, what words am I going to use? to frame the experience that I'm in. I'm gonna give you a workshop exercise. Now, I told people in a workshop one time, I said, I want you to tell me all about yourself. And I want you to language this in words you've never used before, but you can't use negative words. You have to tell me about yourself, but you can't bring your baggage with you. You can't tell me anything about your history. And you know what? A lot of them couldn't do it. A lot of them couldn't because they were so used to the negative language of saying, well, their wounds or their history was so filled with the negative. For example, I asked one woman who I knew had been sharing her wounds with everyone to tell me about herself, only I asked her to leave out her painful history. I asked her to highlight all the positive things that had happened in her life as no one's life is all sorrow or suffering. And she stared at me as if I'd asked her to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And she began to cough and cough and cough. And finally she excused herself from our conversation. And I said, tell me something positive about your past. Talk to me about all the good things that happened. And for them, it was difficult. It was difficult. The exercise is think about the wisdom that was said to you in your life, the good words that were said. And here's another exercise. Do you empower other people with your language or disempower them? Pay attention to the language you use and and note if it's difficult for you to empower another person and ask yourself why. Reflect on that, that I can't use a power word With another person and then you have to ask yourself what what exactly is that about that I find empowering other people difficult now even the subtlest choice changes a position decide for example that you're going to pay attention to the tone of voice that you use when you use words, that that's a big deal. As you begin to listen to words, you decide that I even have to watch the volume. The subtlest choices make a big difference. So just consider the power of these two words when I ask this question. Are you ready to really be free? Yes or no? thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Consciousness Podcast. Learn even more at Gaia.com and watch interviews, movies, and original series, all to empower the evolution of consciousness. For more information, visit GaiaPodcast.com. Gaia. Watch. Belong. Transform.